HuntStand is the most popular and functional mobile hunting app on the market. With a variety of base maps to choose from, satellite imagery that is updated every month, the ability to check the weather, no property information, and even catalog your trail cam picks, HuntStand even gives you the ability to import pins and location markers from other mobile apps. Visit HuntStand.com or download wherever you download your apps. Enter discount code SN20 at checkout for 20% off. Outdoor Edge knows that providing a freezer full of meat is part of the reason we all hunt. And what better way to bring it full circle than to process your own wild game? Outdoor Edge provides a full lineup of traditional and replaceable blade hunting knives and complete wild game processing kits to bring your wild game from the field to the freezer. Visit OutdoorEdge.com and at checkout, enter the discount code N-A-T-I-O-N-3-0 for 30% off. Hey guys and gals, welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast brought to you by Arrowhead Land Company. Here you will be educated, entertained, and equipped to get more out of your outdoor experience. So hold on tight because here we go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast. We have, I think, what's going to be an exceptionally exciting episode this week. Uh, I'll tell you guys why here in a little bit. We'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, But first, I owe you guys just some life updates, some hunting season updates, even though it's not quite hunting season. You know, the season never ends for people like us. And so if you're listening to this, I'm going to assume you're probably a hardcore outdoorsman or outdoors woman, and you're going to be doing things year round. So that's what I've been up to lately. And I want to fill you guys in on that before we jump into the main episode. So I think I mentioned last week that uh, I took Friday off of work. And I took my dad, my brother Luke, and my brother-in-law Ben on a fishing trip with Les and his son Keaton, SNS Guide Service that we had on, I think, two weeks ago. Uh, so we had another uh, trip booked with them. We went to a different lake and uh, had an absolute blast. So uh, Les and his son came down, which is awesome. I hadn't got to meet uh, Keaton yet. So we had two boats, two groups of two, plus a guide. And uh, I should have known better. I, I didn't think it, or I just didn't think about it, I guess, in general. But, of course, it immediately got turned into a competition. Uh, Les and his son Keaton are obviously very competitive with each other. And then I didn't realize it until afterwards. But uh, uh, my dad and I went with Les, and my brother Luke and my brother-in-law Ben went with Keaton. And apparently the first thing Luke said to Keaton was, all I care about today is outfishing John. <laughs> and so I should have known better, like I said. But uh, but anyway, so that was their goal. And of course, Keaton, you know, he just wanted to catch more fish than his dad. Uh, so we set out and uh, the fish were not, I wouldn't say hard to find, but uh, it took us a while to kind of get a pattern. And, you know, that's one thing that Les is big on and, and something that he's taught me. Once you find that pattern, you can basically go anywhere in that lake that day and find fish, you know, and so, uh, you know, we were both scouting around, and then we finally, Les got on to him, and basically, I mean, it was crazy, like, you know, he had told me about it, but actually seen it for myself on the live scope, we were catching fish in 15 to 16 feet of water, and they were 8 feet deep, and guys, I'm telling you, it was so cool to see, it, uh, it made me once again realize, like, how on earth do people catch crappie without live scope i have no idea because there were several times i mean we would have that bait on their nose and they wouldn't bite it but just finding them in general and like getting that pattern down but anyway the pattern that we were on that day and obviously it's going to change probably every day based on conditions and everything they were in 15 to 16 feet of water and they were eight feet deep and i kid you guys not 98% of the fish we caught that day, they were exactly 8 feet deep, and most of them were in 15 to 16 feet of water. We caught a couple shallower, we caught a couple deeper, but the way Les ran it was, uh, you know, he had his live scope screen, and then above that he had just his normal electronics, and basically he just put that on, you know, the map of the bottom, and he would just follow those contour lines. You know, he'd stick to one, and we'd just follow that line. He'd be scanning with the live scope. And sure enough, like, that's how we were finding fish. Uh, We were catching white crappie this time. You know, the previous time we caught a lot of black crappie. Uh, They tend to group up more. We caught, you know, several out of the same spot last time. 
this time we were basically catching individuals. Uh, we, we caught several, like, way out away from everything. You know, they were roaming. And those were the ones that were a little bit easier to catch, honestly, because they were out there looking for bait. And then the other fish we were catching were, I mean, talking like like tight up against structure, you know, trees mostly. And I'm talking like right up against them. I mean, they were hard to catch because you had to like figure out which side of the tree they were on and put the bait right on them because they were just sucked in there. Um, but it was it was incredible. It was lots of fun. Uh, you know, my main goal, they were all competing and stuff. My main goal was that I wanted my dad to have a good time. And so I went first, kind of, you know, showed him what was going on and stuff. And then I got him in the chair and I let him have the chair probably over 50% of the time because I just wanted him to have a good time. And uh, and he did pretty good. You know, he, like you know, he's getting older. Uh, his reflexes aren't quite as good as they used to be. Um, you know, his joints are just not as good as they used to be. Uh, but man, he, he hung in there. He did great. It was, you know, actually we kind of got lucky with the weather. It wasn't that hot. We had some overcast skies. Um, we had a little front moving in, so it wasn't super hot, but we were out there for like eight hours. I think we left the boat ramp about eight 30 and we didn't come back till about three 30. So it was a long, warm day. Uh, but he did, did fantastic. He caught a bunch of fish, you know, he missed some, but so did I, uh, I think Luke said he missed the first like three that he got on just, uh, they were biting like super soft. I mean, like if you weren't watching them on the screen, if you didn't know they were there, half the time you wouldn't have known that they were biting. Uh, they, I mean, they were hitting that soft. So you had to have your hook sets just absolutely perfect. Um, but anyway, we caught a lot of fish. Uh, like I, I think, I don't know if I mentioned or not, Luke and them, Luke and Ben did outfish us. I think they caught 32 or 34 and uh, Dad and I caught 28. And so they, Luke got his wish or whatever, you know, their boat outfished us. Uh, I'm not sure if you break down individually who would have won. I'm just going to throw that out there, but their boat won. Uh, but one, one other cool thing is we caught like big fish. Like most of the crop we caught were good size. Um, I think, I think me, Luke and dad all caught one that were like one, one, 1. 1.7 pounds or something. Uh, I think Ben had a 1.5 and, uh, and, and most of them were all like that. I think we only caught like three or four of what you would call, you know, small fish. Um, we didn't break the two pound mark, but that's, you know, pretty common. Um, but man, we had a great time. Like I said, I think we ended up with 64 fish total, so not too shabby at all. We got three huge gallon Ziploc bags full of meat. Uh, lots of memories. Um, Luke and Ben, I think that was, or actually Luke, Ben, and Dad, I think that was all their first time ever catching a crappie. Um, I think we found out later Ben had actually only been on a boat twice. Like this was the second time he had ever been on a boat. Uh, so that was fun too. And uh, all that to say, we had a really good time. I know I talked about it a few weeks ago. SNS Guide Service, uh, Les and Keaton Stansteifer. Look them up and go fishing with them. You absolutely will not forget it. So, so that was Friday. We spent the day doing that. Friday evening, Luke brought his family over. We had a big fish fry and everything. Uh, it was absolutely delicious. Uh, my dad, I was actually kind of shocked. My dad is a is a long time cat fisherman. Um, growing up, he was big into jug lines, trot lines, and everything like that. Uh, I, I think this is probably the first time he ever ate crappie, and uh, even he had to admit that he thought they might be better than catfish. Uh, I'm still kind of on the fence. I think the first time that I made it, uh, I thought catfish was better, but this time when I made it, like, the crappie was pretty dang good, I'm going to admit. To me, they're a little, like, they're just different enough that it's almost like two different things. Uh, I think catfish are a little, like, flakier, if that makes sense. Kind of your traditional, like, fish. Uh, crappie are almost like a, they're almost like a meat, like a beef, like, uh, they got some, I don't know, just a different texture, and so I love both of them, uh, I cook them exactly the same, uh, maybe we'll talk about that some other day, but, uh, but yeah, so we had an absolute blast crappie fishing, and then, uh, you guys know me, I had to get some deer work in, and so Saturday morning, I woke up, packed the truck up, uh, I brought uh, some some beef jerky and some a bunch of waters because it was super hot on Saturday. Uh, had all my tools and everything. Uh, loaded up a bunch of scrap lumber that I've been collecting for weeks and uh, headed back out to my deer stands. And uh, I got a lot of work done on Friday. Um, I finished up a feeder pen at the back. Uh, I built a ladder for that stand, so that spot's basically ready to go. I also put up uh, a protein feeder that I have uh, that my wife was awesome and bought me a couple years ago. 
And so with that setup, that now has a, uh, I'm going to sh- actually shrink the food pot, food plot down just a little bit and make a screen uh, from the neighbors. And so that food plot's going to be about two and a half acres probably. I'm going to have a feeder and a protein feeder there with a feeder pin around it and then my new banks blind up. So that spot's going to be super awesome and legit. And then if you head north a little bit, uh, next up is the saddle. Uh, that's the one that you know I had uh, Adam Keith on from Landon Legacy that we talked about a lot. Um, I did a bunch of, of clearing for bedding areas. Uh, we burned that whole area. And, uh, and then I got my new banks blind there. And that one actually, I had some, uh, some extra 2x12s and some 2x6s. So I actually made a legit like stair platform up to that blind with a little porch up there. Nothing crazy, but I had the lumber, so I went ahead and did it. So uh, that blind is looking prime. Like um, that one's going to be straight uh, rifle and muzzleloader blind, overlooking the saddle. Like I said, fresh burn, fresh bedding areas, comfortable blind. <laughs> oh man, I'm already dreaming of uh, of hunting that this fall. And so continue going north. Uh, basically, that saddle's uh, just back area feeds down a big ridge into more of our cattle pasture area but on the front side of that ridge up against the creek I have another spot that I probably haven't talked a lot about on here because I didn't hunt it much last year uh, I had a ground blind there last year and a feeder and a food plot uh, but I didn't fence the feeder and basically it just got taken over by hogs um, I really didn't I had almost zero deer activity there so I didn't hunt it basically at all. Um, you know, when I had some buddies come up and stuff, I'd usually let them sit there and try to kill some hogs. Uh, but I'm putting an end to that. I'm going to go buy a couple more panels, and uh, I'm going to fence that feeder off. I put my new banks blind there, and then this fall I'll have that food plot going. That food plot's about an acre and a half, something like that. Uh, so I think that spot is also going to be super sweet. Uh, so those are the three main areas I got going. Like I said, I still got to build a feeder pin at that third one, uh, what I call the triangle. And then my fourth banks blind is in a pasture we call the cemetery. And uh, I think I'm going to have to name it the eagle's nest now, though. I don't remember if I talked about this last time or not. Uh, when I was carrying the blind out to this pasture to drop it off, there was actually two bald eagles out there uh, perched on a tree. And so I think I'm going to have to rename this spot the Eagle's Nest just because it's awesome and I like eagles. So this is a spot where I get probably more buck pictures than any other place, but almost all of them are at night. I think in two years, I've had this spot for two years uh, with a tree stand in it. And uh, in two years, I think I might have hunted it five at most six times. Uh, It is where I shot uh, one of my 2021 bucks out of in like late January, I think it was January 8th. Um, so it's a really good for late season. Um, so this year I'm actually moving the setup to the complete opposite side of the pasture. It's like a 60 acre pasture. And so uh, the only reason I had the, the setup and the feeder where it was, was because it's the literally only tree in the entire pasture. And so that's where I had it because that's where I had to put a tree stand but that is one of the added advantages of these new Banks blinds because I've said talked about it so many times before. Like our place is not a hunting place; it is a cattle ranch, and uh, there's basically there's hardly anywhere to put a tree stand. And so with these Banks blinds, I'm going to be able to put setups in places where I normally can't do it, and really put setups where I need them and not where I have to have them. And so, yeah, so I got the banks blind. I'm moving the whole setup across the pasture, and I'm hoping that I'm going to get closer to those bucks' bedding areas and maybe get them to come out during the daytime instead of only getting nighttime pictures. Uh, In this pasture, we also, on the north side of this pasture, we plant it in oats every fall. Uh, We we do that for the cattle, not for the deer, Um, but it it obviously benefits the deer also. And so we normally get a lot of late-season action at that spot, and so I'm very, very excited for that. So I've got to do my ladder there. I think that's going to finish up that setup. And that will basically finish up all of the, you know, Banks Blinds feeder setups for the year. So that's my goal by the end of that, or by the end of this coming weekend, is to have all that finished. And then i got to move a few other tree stands around. Um, like I said, now that I'm, like there in the Eagle's Nest, um, I no longer need that tree stand. So I'm going to put it somewhere else. Um, there's another tree stand that I need to replace the straps on, you know, just some odd and end types of things like that. So absolutely excited for this deer season, guys. I cannot wait. Like, yes, fishing's fun, but I just, I just, 
even this like this year i've probably fished more than i have in i don't know the last decade like i've kind of gotten back into fishing this year but i just still don't have the passion for it that i have for deer hunting you know turkey hunting's fun fishing's fun all this other stuff is fun but when it comes down to it i am a deer hunter and i don't apologize for that like i love it that's my passion so so yeah did some crappie fishing i did some blind setup some deer season prep uh, i'm gonna do some more this coming weekend i'm headed up there uh gonna do some more last season prep and then uh yeah pretty much after that uh oh yeah my other life update i was gonna tell you uh my wife had her gosh i don't know she's at like 33 weeks i think uh she went to the doctor today baby's doing great measured in the 51st percentile so basically average uh, the sonogram lady said that she was the most proportionate baby she had had that day. So I'm going to assume that's a good thing. Uh, yeah, I guess it's not an odd size baby or anything like that. Basically right at average. Um, and uh, they did update us on a due date. Uh, it had been June 29th. They said the way she's measuring, expect maybe closer to June 2nd. And so not that big of a difference, um, but yeah, baby's getting close, guys. Baby's getting close. And so, like I said, this last weekend, I went to the ranch, did a bunch of deer stuff. This coming weekend, I'm going to the ranch, doing a bunch of deer stuff. And then after that, I'm basically going to be hanging out around the house. You know, I, you know, we're at that time to where the baby could come pretty much any minute. And so I still got to pack a hospital bag. I haven't done that yet. Uh, we got to get the car seat in the car all that good stuff, um, you know, family's gonna be kind of getting ready, and, uh, yeah, my wife and I are just getting ready, like I said, I think it was, like, two or three weeks ago now, we basically spent the entire weekend going through all of our baby gifts from the showers and stuff, uh, we got the, the changing table set up, we got our little diaper genie, which is awesome, um, I have changed, I believe, two diapers in my entire life, uh, my nieces and nephews, and so I'm going to have to get a little crash course in diaper changing. Uh, not super excited about that, but I, I, yeah, I don't want to be that guy. Like, I want to help my wife. That's the goal. And, uh, guys, we cannot be more excited for our little baby girl. We are so excited. So, uh, yeah, even though they pushed our due date out, we're under a month now. So, like I said, baby's coming any day. Um, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to pre-record an episode or two so that when the baby does come, I'll kind of have those in my back pocket and be able to pull them out for you guys. That way y'all will still be getting content. Uh, but I can, you know, hang out with my wife and newborn baby and kind of relax and just chill, enjoy that time. Uh, I believe I'm going to get two weeks off work, which is amazing. Like honestly, more than I was expecting. And so, yeah, when that baby comes, we'll get two weeks to just hang out as a family uh, get to know her, adjust our life. Uh, you know, I th- people can tell me all they want to. It's going to change my life, and I know it's going to change my life. But I'm just the type of person that like it's not going to change until it changes. And so, like, I know it's coming, but I honestly really don't know what to expect. So, very excited for baby girl. Very excited for this coming weekend to get deer stuff uh, kind of wrapped up and stuff until you know later in the fall. Um, I'm hoping that basically after this weekend. All I'll have to do is plant my food plots, fill my feeders, and then go hunt. So, very excited about that. Uh, Thank you guys for tuning in this week. We're going to have a couple quick commercials, and then right after that, we're going to jump in. Oh, I I haven't even told you guys this week about what the podcast is. We are talking about the Oki Noodling Festival. And guys, I've been waiting on this for a long time. So, take it all the way back to the uh, Backwoods show. The Oki Noodling Festival was like my neighbor booth. And so uh, there was a wonderful woman named Becky. Her and her husband were in the booth next to me. Uh, She works for the city of Paul's Valley, which is where the festival is held. Uh, And yeah, we just had a great time kind of hanging out and talking throughout the course of the uh, weekend, I should say. Um, And yeah, like it was amazing how many people went by that booth and had either been there, had heard of it, um, go every year, all that stuff. And so... It was really awesome watching that, so I know there's a lot of people out there excited about this, and so uh, Becky actually wasn't going to make it. It's completely my fault. I actually lost her card, completely my fault, Uh, and I just found it when I was cleaning up my desk last week, 
And so I reached out to Becky. She wasn't able to come on, but one of her coworkers, Jennifer, is going to come on. And we talk all about the noodle, the Okie Noodling Festival. Uh, she gives us all the details, how to get involved, where it's at, uh, the concerts. They announce who's coming for the concerts and everything. So we just have a grand old chat. Tons of information here. And so, yeah, this this week, the podcast is all about the Okie Noodling Festival. I hope you guys enjoy it. Please, please go. I had every intention of going until I found out what weekend it is. And I think it's just a little bit too close to my wife's due date. I don't think she's going to like me abandoning her to go hang out with a bunch of catfish noodlers. And so, yes, I, I would love to be there, but I don't think I'm going to be. But next year, 2023, you can guarantee that I will be there. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, there's some great information in here. And, uh, yep, that's all I got for you guys. So without further ado, here's my interview with Jennifer and the Okie Noodling Festival. Deer Lab is the number one trail camera app for hunters and land managers. From photo recognition to tracking individual animals, Deer Lab's trail camera app saves you time, is easy to use, and works with all trail camera manufacturers. Deer Lab makes it drop-dead simple to track specific animals or groups of animals using your trail camera photos. Profiles allow you to understand patterns by date ranges, times, and camera locations. Deer Lab's heat map allows you to visually see how a profiled animal moves at different times of the year. For all of these features and more, check out DeerLab.com. Arrowhead Land Company has one goal, to help the hardworking landowners of Oklahoma and beyond. Founders Will Bellis and Andrew Schultz have years of real estate experience behind them, and will use it to help you either buy or sell that little slice of heaven. Real estate is one of the oldest and safest investments you can make in this great country of ours, so it makes sense that you want to trust that decision with someone who really knows the business and wants what's best for you. And it certainly doesn't hurt if that person knows a thing or two about hunting also. So check out Arrowhead Land Company for all your land buying and selling needs. One lake, all day, all yours. That's the Private Water Fishing motto. Private Waters Fishing is a member-based fishing club that offers a superior outdoor experience and some of the best bass fishing Oklahoma and Texas has to offer. Private means private. When you reserve a lake, you have exclusive access with no other members on the lake with you. These are professionally managed and stocked lakes, most of which are over 10 acres in size. If you want to get in on the action, call 214-871-0044 or go to privatewaterfishing.com. Hey everybody, welcome to today's show. And Today I'm t- I have a very special guest. I have Jennifer Sanford on the line. How are you doing, Jennifer? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing really good. And uh, we have an awesome event that we're going to be covering today and talking about. But before we get into that, uh, real quick, if you wouldn't mind just telling everybody a little bit, you know, who you are, who you work for, and uh, and all that good stuff. Okay. Uh, Well, my name is Jennifer Sanford. I am the Parks and Recreation Director for the City of Paul's Valley. And I am one of several people who serve on the Okie Noodling Tournament uh, Planning Committee, and uh, I've served the tournament in a variety of different ways over many years. Um, Started out just as a volunteer, but then um, as the tournament changed and grew and moved, um, my roles have expanded over the course of time. So um, my day-to-day is I take care of the rec center and the water park and manage uh recreation stuff but on special events like this it's a in a small community like ours it's all hands on deck Mm -hmm. and everybody chips in yeah and i have to admit i had actually never heard of the festival um but i had a booth at the backwoods show uh this earlier this spring and i was actually booth mates with uh becky and her husband yep and uh i have to say i was amazed at how many people came by the booth and it had either you know heard of it or been to it several people were oh yeah we go every year every year um and so just in talking to them i knew i had to have you know somebody on the podcast to talk about it and uh, and i feel bad i already apologized to becky i lost her card and that's why we're doing this kind of last minute and so that's completely my fault um but I, i still wanted to have you guys on and i'm glad it worked out to have you on to come talk with us so 
Well, it's um, it's a very unique event mm-hmm. that focuses on a very unique sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a very, you know, of all the things to do in the outdoors in Oklahoma, I think noodling is probably one of the most unique things that you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and this tournament and this festival is all about uh, focusing on noodlers mm-hmm. and catfish. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And uh, we're obviously we're going to dive way deep into you know everything that the festival has and everything like that. But real quick, just so people kind of get a, a baseline of what we're talking about, uh, you know, give us your quick little elevator pitch. You know, if I say what is the Okie Noodling Festival, what are you going to tell people? The Okie Noodling Tournament is like the Bass Masters for noodlers. So if you watch that or you've ever seen anything like that that's what this tournament is that's it it's it started out as a a group of guys getting together and it was the culmination of a documentary that a filmmaker was putting together and it was uh kind of an offhanded comment that one of the neuters was like well wouldn't it be really cool if we all got together and weighed our fish in like bass masters Mm -hmm. and he was like well that'd be a great way to wrap up my documentary so yeah let's do that and that's how it started. Um, and then here we are 22 years later, and it's grown into, um, you know, a Friday night concert and an all-day tournament and festival. Uh, but it really, the, the, the meat and potatoes of the tournament is noodlers and catfish, mm-hmm. and that's what it's focused on. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. I, and I'm honestly, I'm a little bit mad at myself that I've never heard of it before. I don't know how I haven't. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I, I, and I, I told Becky this, I 100% was going to come, but I actually have my first child. My wife is due June 29th. And so oh. getting away for an overnight festival just might not be in the cards this year uh, but no next year i'm gonna bring my little girl and my wife and yes. we're all gonna come experience it so you do need it's a bucket list type thing that's for mm-hmm. sure if you've never been it's quite a thing it's um you know i've had a lot of people it's the best people watching around mm-hmm. and it is really good people watching but if you want to see big fish you need to come see the way in mm-hmm. it's it is impressive yeah Absolutely, absolutely. So I want to kind of break this into two parts. I want to talk a little bit about the you know the festival, the events and everything, and then also kind of the noodling and the tournament and all that. Because um, I know they kind of go hand in hand, but it's also kind of two separate topics. So Sure. Um, so you, uh, I think I heard you mention earlier this has been going on for 22 years now? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yes. All right. And we've kind of alluded to it, but uh, just so people know, when is it happening? It is the 17th is the Friday night concert, and the actual tournament and weigh-in is on the 18th of June. Gotcha. Awesome. So this is going to launch on Monday. I don't have my phone in front of me. Probably like the 12th, I'm going to guess, something like that. So uh, basically this is going to drop on Monday, and then the tournament starts that, or is that Friday and Saturday. That week. Mm -hmm. That'd be great. Awesome. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and then my first question is, uh, do people need to get tickets ahead of time? Can they just show up and pay there? How does that work? Well, for the first time ever, we are doing a Friday night concert where it's a ticketed event. And so you can sign up for the Friday night concert online and purchase your ticket online, and it's 1250 Or if you wait until the night of the concert on Friday, it's 15 at the gate. But now on Saturday, it's a free event. It's free for the public to come in, um, into the park, and uh, I think you've got to pay five bucks to park. But other than that, it's the the whole event. You can come bring your chair, sit down, and you don't – that's all you would need to bring is one of those little bag chairs, and you can sit under the shade trees and watch the people and watch the fish be weighed in, and that's free. Awesome, awesome. And I already realized I forgot a very important question. Where does this take place? Oh, well, in Paul's Valley, Oklahoma. (laughs) But in Paul's Valley, it is located in Wacker Park. And uh, Wacker Park's kind of on the northern end of town. Um, But there will be banner flags as you come into town, and you cannot miss where to turn to come up Willow Street to get into the park. 
and I heard a lot of people at the Backwoods show asking who was playing in the concert, and I don't think they had announced it at that time, so uh, Becky and her husband, you know, they were teasing everybody and saying it was good, but have y'all announced who the concert's going to be? We have. Our Friday night opener is Carson Jeffries, and our uh, main headliner on Friday night is the Reed Southall Band. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And then we'll actually have a live concert after we announce the tournament winners on Saturday evening. We'll have a live concert then as well, but that concert's free to the public, so anybody can come in. And that is uh, the openers, Grady Spencer and the work, and the headliner is the Josh Shabbat Band. Oh, wow. Very nice. That's awesome. Man. So we're really excited. We've got some good good entertainment this year in bands. Yeah, that's awesome. If I tell my wife that, she might risk it and, and come with me this year. So <laughs> maybe I need to keep that hey, under wraps for now. The, we might push her to the edge you walk, just might. walking around in you the heat. Might. That would not probably be good for her. Nope, 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 nope. So. Awesome. Uh, so, you know, I, I take it this is kind of a family event. You know, this is a big deal and everything. Uh, what kind of a, attractions do you have? You know, uh, like if people bring their families, what can they look forward to? Well, there will be vendors, uh, booth vendors, and that that kind of runs the gamut. There will be um, some people that will have catfish-type gear or, you know, T-shirts and hats that, that are more geared towards that, Think, things like you might see at the a couple of vendors that you might have would have seen at the Backwoods show. But then there will also be just kind of like what you – at a typical festival, um, trinkets and – inflatable things and glow bracelets and glow sticks stuff for the kids and there'll be people there with uh food type products and candles and all kinds of stuff and then we have actual food trucks as well so you can do a little shopping for the women and the kids and then everybody can eat and um coors is our uh beer sponsor so there'll be alcoholic beverages and then there's also plenty of pop and water and that kind of thing as well awesome awesome and uh, i heard several people ask this uh, when i was at the booth uh, are people allowed to bring their own like food and coolers and stuff or do you try to keep that stuff out we do try to keep that stuff out and that's changed over the years but mainly because of the able laws the the alcohol laws that rule our state mm-hmm. we're not allowed to bring have people bring in outside cool food and coolers anymore um and you don't really need to i mean mm-hmm. because we've got everything that you would need in inside the festival area so you just don't need to bring any of that gotcha gotcha all right Awesome. Well, I want to transition a little bit more to the fishing side. Like you said, kind of the the nucleus of this thing is mm-hmm. noodling and everything. So, uh, let's say that I'm a catfish noodler and I want to participate. How does that work? Do I need to sign up? Do I just kind of show up with my fish? How does the tournament part work? We do want you to be a registered noodler, and to do that, you can do it online. Um, you can go to the our website okinoodling.com and we can you can do online registration or you can call our chamber our chamber of commerce and they can they can do a noodler registration over the phone um, there is a fee that you pay to be a registered noodler and then all of that what that that goes towards our prize money and mm-hmm. what it takes to put on the event yeah. um so yes, you do need to re- be a registered noodler. We, re- you have to abide by all of the state fishing regulations. Mm-hmm. Um, there may or may not be a game warden here that's going to check your uh, fishing license. So mm-hmm. you need to be have your fishing license available to show when you show up. And then your fish that you bring in, you can noodle your fish anywhere within the state of Oklahoma. And that fish has to be weighed in by, you have to be in the queue by 6 o'clock to weigh your fish in. Gotcha. And you can only weigh in your biggest fish, Mm -hmm. one fish per registered noodler. Gotcha. That's 6 p.m. Friday night? Yes. Gotcha. 
Okay. No, no, no. Saturday night. Oh, Saturday night. Okay, glad I asked. Saturday night. 6 Saturday, Saturday night. night. Yeah. Saturday okay. night is the way in. Okay. Yes. Awesome. And is there like is there like a technical start time? You know, can somebody go the day before as long as they can keep the fish alive, or does it have to be on Saturday? You know, do y'all say well, like, okay? And that's changed over the years too, but mainly because the state the state rules have changed. They okay. now it is. Um, you are not able to noodle at night. You're not supposed to noodle in the dark, mm-hmm. according to the state fishing regulations. So used to what we would say was 24 hours in advance, you can start fishing. Mm-hmm. And now we've had to back that up and say, I think we say 36 is what the rules state, mm-hmm. so that you allow enough time. So gotcha. basically they can start noodling the evening of Friday but their fish has to be alive mm-hmm. and weighed in by six on Saturday. Gotcha. Gotcha. Does that, does that makes sense. Yep. Yep. Awesome. I was wondering that. And all of those rules, those noodling rules, are if you go online to sign up and register for anybody that might be interested in in, in registering, uh, all of those rules are online for you to read. Perfect. Perfect. If you've got any questions. Okay. And uh, I heard you mentioned some prize money, so I know everybody's going to be curious oh, about that. <laughs> um, it, what uh, what kind of prizes are we talking? To, well, I mean, you know, we like to. We have a couple of different categories. You can sign up as a, in a in the natural division, and that means that you're going to noodle and you're not going to use any kind of additional air or mm-hmm. breathing apparatuses and then we have a scuba division mm-hmm. and that's if you use any kind of air or tanked air or breather mm-hmm. you need to register in the scuba division okay gotcha. does that make sense yep. so there's two of those and we do two different divisions and we do sixth place up through first place so sixth place is 25 bucks and then it goes all the way up first place is a thousand bucks and then um, we also try to encourage uh, females to register mm-hmm. and fish and also youth because, you know, we want to promote the sport to, for everybody. You mm-hmm. know, it's just not a man's game. Uh-huh. And so we do uh, cash prizes for the top female noodler and then runner-up mm-hmm. in the youth division and the female division. Gotcha. Okay. Uh-huh. And so that's uh, runner-up is a hundred bucks, and top youth noodlers two hundred bucks. Gotcha. Same thing with the females. Uh-huh. But the big thing is whoever brings in the biggest fish, they get an additional two thousand dollars. Wow. So most of the time, what happens is, you know, we have six through first, and Whoever is the biggest fish in the first place, scuba and natural, mm-hmm. they're going to get a $1,000 check, but whoever is the big fish is going to get an additional. So most, mm-hmm. some of those guys walk away with $3,000. Gotcha. Gotcha. Not we've bad. Had, we've, no, that's not bad. For, <laughs> I was going to say, especially for something that these people are probably going to be doing anyway, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah. And uh, I heard a lot of people asking, you know, what's the big fish? What's the big fish? And I think I heard last year they had like a sixty pounder or something win. Uh, what are mm-hmm. some of the What are some of the bigger fish y'all have had over the years? Oh, lots in the forty pound range, lots in the fifty pound, some sixty. We've had some over seventy. I think the biggest one that we've had weigh in was close to. Close to seventy five, I want to say, mm-hmm. and I should I should know that off the top of my hand. I try we try <laughs> to keep statistics on that. Yeah, um, we do. Uh, we keep track of uh, of how many registered noodlers we end up with, and then how many fish we have weighed in, and then we tally up how many pounds of fish we weigh in each year. And it's really interesting because you can go back and kind of track the way our weather in Oklahoma is and it affects it greatly affects how many fish we weigh in and the the size yeah some years it seems like everything kind of is running on the smaller end Mm -hmm. 
and sometimes we have big gears and weigh in really big fish. It's it's really interesting to see how that tracks and trends. We we try to keep an eye on that. We have we have some people that, that work on our weigh in crew that are fisheries biologists and so they are they are the gurus about um fish science and all that and work really hard to make sure that we're treating the fish ethically and um and taking care of what, what people are taking. And we try to return as many as we can back to the the noodlers to to deal with how they want to. Some of them clean them and eat them, and some of them take them back and put them back in the waters that they took them out of. Gotcha. I was actually I, that question came to mind is you know what happens with all these fish. Uh, so yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because um, I know a lot of people when they they catch those real big ones they usually tend to want to let them go instead of keep them just because, you know, they might get bigger and they might get to catch them again. Right. Sure. Well, and, you know, the reality is they're only able to noodle them because they're nesting anyway. I mean, Mm. that's that this is all part of their reproductive cycle. That's why they're where they are and how they can catch them. And, you know, there's a lot, there are some states who have been Missouri in particular, I think of they they they've had a group of people that really have tried to get noodling legalized in the state of Missouri, but their their um, fish science and their wildlife department are not for it mm. or haven't been in the past just because they to perpetuate the species they want to keep those big fish gotcha. in the waterways. Gotcha, that makes sense. Awesome, awesome. And uh, I've heard that people are able to, like, you know, touch these fish and pick up some of these fish. Is that correct? I've heard they have, like, a big water tank or something. Well, we do have a big demo tank. Uh-huh. And when I say a demo tank, it's more like um, when you go to the, like, backwoods and you've got the guys that get up and mm-hmm. they talk about all their lures and they show how they do in the water and all that. Mm-hmm. It's like that. It's like a uh-huh. visual um on a trailer, big tank, uh-huh. uh, but we it's specially designed for catfish in that it doesn't have a lot of stuff. It doesn't have, mm-hmm. like, the tree roots and all that kind of stuff that you see on some of those fancy fishing, mm-hmm. uh, some of the outdoor shows. Um, it's a pretty, pretty pared down, but it is so that you can get up close and see some of those fish. Mm-hmm. And then we have a guy that um, works with the tournament, to um, provide demonstrations, so he's like your noodler guide, mm-hmm. and you can um, purchase some time in the tank mm-hmm. and get in with him and have a noodling experience. So we found that that is um, a great attraction, and for people that sometimes people are misunderstood, they think that they're going to come to the tournament and they're going to actually see people catching fish, mm-hmm. they don't understand that. People fish all over the state and bring their fish for mm-hmm. a weigh-in at, at our park. Mm-hmm. Um, so we found that the, having the demo tank uh, enables people to see the concept of what noodling is. Mm-hmm. So you can touch them that way, but we, we don't really do a touch tank, mm-hmm. and the reason for that is it stresses the fish out. Right to have people handling them and pulling them up out of the water to take pictures and stuff. And mm-hmm. so it's not, um, we don't really advocate to have a touch tank. We've gotcha. been asked a lot of times to do one, mm-hmm. but it's stressful, really stressful on the fish. Yes, right. Okay. Awesome. All right. So uh, we've, we've covered this a little bit earlier, but, uh, you know, let's say I have my family and I plan on coming out. Uh, is there just any more information that we need to know? Do we need to have tickets? What do we need to bring? You know, blanket or chairs or, you know, if I want to get the most out of this experience, what should I be prepared with? I would say you need to come prepared to be outside in the heat. And so um, dress appropriately. Mm-hmm. Bring your sunscreen. I think you need a chair. A blanket would be great because there's plenty of grass for you to put a blanket down and um, come with a um, fun-loving attitude. That that helps a lot. You know, this crowd can get kind of big, and so as people, towards the end of the day, the crowd gets bigger and bigger, and it's hot. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to bring you a spray bottle to 
spray yourself down or a fan or whatever, that would be fine. I would, you know, bring your um, debit card or cash to make sure that you've got plenty of hydration and and food mm-hmm. while you're sitting in in the shade. And um, it's it's just a really great event. We we play music the whole time and um, we ring we blow an air horn every time a, a, a fish shows up to come up on stage so you mm-hmm. can scurry out of the shade and into the sun and watch the fish come up on stage and get weighed in and then uh, you can go back and sit back in the shade after it's over. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Awesome, awesome, Jennifer. Well, I got one more question for you. Uh, you mentioned earlier the documentary of kind of how this all got started. Do you mind real quick just yep. kind of sharing that story with us? Uh, I think that'd be very interesting for people sure. to hear. Um, okay. So um, the filmmaker's name is Bradley Beasley, and he uh, was the documentary filmmaker for Okie Noodling, and then we did Okie Noodling 2. We filmed that, oh gosh, I think back in 2007 was the – the second version. So there's actually two documentaries about Okie Noodling. Mm-hmm. And he um, he had noodled, and he realized that there were other people that did it, but it wasn't something that people talked about. And so he wanted to shed light on the culture of noodling and how it is handed down within families um, and within family cultures, and so that's what he did his documentary about. And as he was filming it, like I said, one of the noodlers kind of popped off and said, well, wouldn't it be cool if we had a tournament? And he was like, yeah, that'd be great. So one of his friends' dad happened to be the owner of Bob's Pig Shop here in Paul's Valley. And by education, he was a uh, fisheries biologist. And she was like, well, my dad would be down with that. Maybe maybe you could have the tournament weigh in at the pig shop in Paul's Valley. And he was in Norman. He was a um, – that's where he lived when he was doing the documentary. And he was like, well, yeah, that'd be great. So that's kind of how it all happened. Hmm. And uh, it's just grown and grown and grown. And over the years, there's been um, – like I said, there was a follow-up documentary, but there were other TV shows that came out of it, like reality shows, you know, Mud Cats and um, Hillbilly Hand Fishing, and you know, there there were other um, other shows that got picked up by different networks and created because of, um, but all because of the uniqueness of this. Mm-hmm. And I really think that the the success of the tournament, it just goes back to the fact that it shines light on something that is, to me, it, it it's viewed as an extreme sport. Yeah. And that's why people can't imagine that people put their hands in <laughs> dark places to catch a fish. But mm-hmm. the reality of it is, is, that kind of fishing has been going on for eons mm-hmm. and you know we still do it today and it's it's legal in Oklahoma and that was another thing too is the documentary talks about how that sport is it it is an illegal way to fish in many many states mm-hmm. um, and over the last 22 years there have been other states that have legalized it Texas being one mm-hmm. but when we first started the tournament there was not it wasn't legal in texas so and like i said in missouri they tried to get it legalized but it I, to my knowledge it is still not legal in mm-hmm. in missouri it is in louisiana mm-hmm. and when you think about going down there they've got alligators i don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't know about that it, yeah the, uh, it's, it's dangerous enough here in oklahoma with, i was gonna say i i have i'll be honest i have not tried it i am open to it uh i think you know if somebody wanted to take me along, I would go, but I think I would need them to put their hand in there first and be like, okay, yes, this is a fish and not a snapping turtle before I would then yes. go and put my hand in there. So, Well, and there are guides. I mean, some mm-hmm. of these guys that enter our tournament, they're mm-hmm. guides. I mean, that's their side gig in the summertime uh-huh. is they have noodling guide businesses. So gotcha. it's, it's, a, 
it's a really unique thing and mm-hmm. it's a it's something that has put Paul's Valley on the map mm-hmm. um, all around the world I mean there's been we've had over the years we've had media from Japan and Australia and Europe and mm-hmm. uh, it's a unique phenomenon I suppose <laughs> yes ma'am yes ma'am Awesome. Well, Jennifer, this has been fantastic. Um, I'm, I'm very glad we got to have you guys on. Um, is there anything we missed? Is there anything you know we need to say last second before we go on? Uh, why don't you real quick, uh, one, if people want to find information, why don't you tell them where they should go? And then why don't you give them the, uh, the place and the dates one more time? Okay. So, Okie Noodling 2022 Friday night concert is June the 17th. And the tournament and festival and weigh-in is Saturday, June the 18th. If you are a noodler and you are still on the fence about whether you want to register, I say jump in. Um, there's a lot of prize money to be won, and we need you to register. You can go to okinoodling.com. You can also find us on Facebook. We've got Okie Noodling Facebook page. All of our vendor booths and our food booths are totally full. So if you if you are trying to hawk your wares, we don't have any more space for you. But we have plenty plenty of space in the park for all of the festival goers to come and enjoy um, and learn about noodling. Awesome, that's perfect. Well, Jennifer, once again, I really really appreciate this, and I hope everybody listening comes out and says hi. And, uh, and, yeah, just gets a little taste of Paul's Valley, Oklahoma. Thank you so much for your help in promoting our festival. Absolutely. No problem. All right. Thank you, Jennifer. Thanks. Thank you, Jennifer, for coming on and giving us all the info for the Okie Noodling Festival. Guys, I can't tell you all how disappointed I am that I'm not going to be able to make it out there. When I you know, found out about it, found out what it was, I was all about it, and I want to be there so, so bad, but I just don't think that those cards are in the deck this year with the baby coming, so really, really sad I'm not going to be able to be there, but I hope everybody listening to this is going to be there. You know, it's it's fairly situated in the center of Oklahoma, so you have no excuse. You know, it's not that far. Uh, just go. That's all I'm going to say. Just go. And uh, like I said at the beginning, 2023, you can guarantee that I will be there. I, uh, I'm, I'm so sad that I'm missing out on it this year. So, uh, yeah, thank you once again, Jennifer, for coming on, giving us giving us all the details, concerts, food, uh, catfish. Like, what more could you want? So go check out the Okie Noodling Festival. And, uh, and once again, guys, like I always say, just thank you guys for listening to this podcast and supporting what we're doing here. Um, I know it's like somewhat the off season, but I think we've had a lot of really good content coming out still. And, uh, yeah, once again, if you have some topics or things that you want me to cover, reach out to me on social media. I've been getting a lot of people message me about public land deer hunting and, uh, and I'm working on it. That's all I'm going to say right now. I am working on it. So Thank you once again for supporting this podcast. Thank you once again for supporting me, and it's only going to continue to get better. So, like I said, guys, thank you guys. Go check out the Okie Noodling Festival, and I will see you guys right back here next week on the Oklahoma Outdoors Podcast. Oh, 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 o